0: Welcome, Apprentices and Acolytes. Thank you so much for coming to Season 2 of Unlock the Knowledge. Today we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian finale and, of course, all of the Disney Star Wars shows that have been announced. Ready up. Ready up. Oh, my destiny. <laughs> Let's just talk about it immediately because I know so many people have been t- bringing out their reviews, bringing out all of their... Reactions and everything else. I'm sure you've heard it so many times. This is going to be very spoiler heavy. This is the only way you can talk about it because it is the season finale and there's just so much to talk about When it comes to spoilers and what is happening with Star Wars? What is happening with the entire? Disney plus TV is 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 Star Wars all TV now. Is it only going to be movies? It's crazy how this all changed in five years from 2015 to 2020 and we're going into 2021 and it seems like Star Wars is just getting bigger, grander and I think that it is probably the best time to be alive for Star Wars. I feel like it's 2015 again where The Force Awakens had come out and everyone is just anticipating the brand new trilogy. Uh, There's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of hype, they can do so much, and it seems like they have just kind of learned their lesson, and it's not necessarily that they did anything wrong, and of course that's a very hot take, it's more so that they are learning, and that's the best thing that you can do with a franchise as influential as Star Wars. Star Wars is massive. Star Wars is grand. Star Wars might be the most influential movie franchise of all time. Characters like Thanos. Characters like... Yeah, Thanos wouldn't exist because of someone like George Rippings. Characters like Darth Vader are one of the most revered, if not the most important villain in cinema history. There's a lot of things going on. And now we've had the first Star Wars live-action television show, which is based on Disney Plus with The Mandalorian, and it's the end of Season 2, and, wow, it's it's incredible. It's, it's probably, in my opinion, the greatest Star Wars creation of all time, and I know that's very hard for a lot of people to take in, but this is during an age where it's very hard to live up to originals why because nostalgia poisons people's expectations everyone sees well this was really good back then in my day etc etc that was always the way we did it everything for some reason they just don't make it like they used to but boy are they making it really damn good right now with the Mandalorian. It seems like they cannot do anything wrong. And by they, I mean John Favre, David Filoni, their entire director, development team, everybody on there just lives and breathes Star Wars. They're not just fans, they are experts. And that is why the Mandalorian is so damn good episode 8 of season 2 was phenomenal i'm not even that big of a luke skywalker guy but even i understand the importance of luke skywalker it's like stock luke skywalker if luke skywalker is doing good star wars is doing good there are a lot of people who grew up with that character and hold him to such a exponentially high regard. And when you take him down or whether you insult him, whatever it is, it's just hard for people to take. And this is not a shoot at The Last Jedi because whether you like it or not, The Last Jedi does some things better than all of Star Wars. And it also does some things that are really just not great At least for me, from my point. And it's hard for everybody to take in. It's probably the most divisive thing since the prequel trilogy. It is. But we've had years of talking like that. And at the very least, when you see The Mandalorian, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you have to agree on one thing. It's a damn good show. It's so good. It's got a movie budget. Everything looks good. Everything. Sounds good Every episode for me for me is so good even the episodes people don't like episode 4 episode 5 of the uh, first season uh, Episode 2 of this season, you know like those I I still go back and I watch those episodes You know with the Kirkna and of course going back to Tatooine and the gunslinger It's it's just it's all fun for me. I I love being in this universe But Jesus, the episode 8 of this finale of season 2 was so damn good because it's just the the way they brought in Boba Fett, right? In in season 1 of my podcast, I talked about how I, I didn't like the idea of Ahsoka being in there. I didn't like the idea of Boba Fett being in there because it would take away from Din Djarin, Mandalorian, the main character. But man, they did it so good. It wasn't like they overshadowed him. They were working with him. They didn't steal the thunder, even with Bogaton, even with Ahsoka. You know, like it was, it was equal footing. It, it, no one was taking away from anything, except of course, you know, when uh, our, our boy Luke Skywalker shows up. But everything worked so well. Everything worked. I care so much about Din Djarin that I'm shaking in my boots cuz I have no idea whether or not we're going to see him or not come season 3. And that's great. That was a character I didn't know. That was a character I didn't care about 2 years ago. It was just a it was just a random Mandalorian. And they did it so well. I well, cared about him. He's he he's he's someone who is human. He's someone who is challenged and that's what I think the greatest thing about season 2 was this man was challenged. So much. His morals, his ideas, his objective, his purpose. And he's taking off his helmet. This is the way. This is the what is the way. There is no way. That is the way. And it's so beautiful because I remember sitting in Batu one day, and there's this one guy in line. And you know me, I'm a knowledge guy. You know, I, <laughs> I'm always talking about Star Wars, and I'm always trying to, to tell people. Well, excuse me, that's actually not correct you know I'm that guy and and I remember one guy sitting in line waiting to get Ahsoka's lightsabers and he had talked about like yeah man Mandalorians always did that they they never took off their thing I I, I, like Boba Fett you always saw him and and I was like well listen fam okay I don't know if you ever saw Clone Wars no I don't watch that that's for kids okay well uh, I know it's for kids but George Lucas literally made the Clone War animation show, and, and the movie, like, he's literally, he literally wrote it all, and, and directed it with David Filoni, you know, ah, who's David Filoni, I don't know who that guy is, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and it's funny, because when you watch that show, you see the Mandalorians, you see Vizla, you see Bo-Katan, you see all of them, and it, they take off their helmets, you know, and it's funny, when, when people finally watch this show, the Mandalorian, you know, the, one of the first jokes that, uh, uh he, you know, that, uh, our boy, uh, I can't remember his name, the, uh, the blue alien. He uh, comes back, Mithril, and he, he comes back and he says, he's like, is it true you don't take your helmets off, you know? And they set that up, you know, this is the way, this is the way. And I, I just love how the Mandalorian is kind of a wake-up for Star Wars fans, in a sense, it's just like, Uh, You know, you've been going on this for so long, like, this is Star Wars, this is Star Wars, you know, this is the way, this is the way, you know, and and I love how you can learn so much from a movie, from a TV show, uh, giving you lessons, like, look at the Mandalorian, look at, look at Din, right, and what he has done, and who he's become, because he takes off his helmet, and he looks Grogu right in the eyes before he goes. In front of everybody, by the way. Everybody. Cara Dune, you know, who's never seen seen his face. None of them have seen his face. You know? And it's so beautiful too, because that same panel, that same scene, what does that remind us of? It reminds us of Return of the Jedi. When Darth Vader says, I have to look at you. Let me look at you with my own eyes. And takes his Mask off, takes his helmet off, and looks at Luke before he goes, you know, and, and I, I don't know if anyone really thought about that, but that was something that really struck me so well, you know, everybody's talking about the Luke Skywalker part and the hallway scene, I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, I get it, but uh, I felt like that was just so good, it was so Star Wars, it was so beautiful um, to see him constantly <clears throat> just be challenged, Every episode it was the first episode with Cobb Vanth Cobb Vanth was kind of showing him maybe This kind of even though this guy isn't Mandalorian. He is worthy of wearing this armor Then he then he's found by Boba Fett and and Boba Fett's entire storyline is so complex Because Star Wars fans have debated whether or not he's a true Mandalorian or not And then you know now it's in your face like yes, he is a Mandalorian, you know but he doesn't really care whether he's mandalorian or not it's not his gig and then you know you have someone like bo-katan who is literally the princess she's the heir to the throne you know and she takes her helmet it's it's is so good it just challenges you over and over about what really is the way right what really is the purpose What really is your view? Does it even matter at all asking those questions? And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I cannot wait to see where season three goes. If there's going to be a season three. If there's not going to be a season three. Because as you all know, you saw the end credits. And now we have the book of Boba Fett. And when you watch season one and season two, what are the episodes? The episodes are chapters. So was that Din Djarin's book? Was that his end personally i don't think so these characters these actors have been signed on for a a couple seasons now there was a fourth season confirmed uh season three is supposed to be out in december of 2021 now the book of boba fett is supposed to be out in december of 2021 as well and there is so much to do with Din Djarin because Grogu's story is complete, in my opinion, at least for now, until you find him later, or whatever they're going to do with that, and Luke Skywalker, but... Din Djarin has a lot on his plate. He has, uh, in he has accidentally become the ruler, the true ruler of Mandalore now, wielding the dark saber. And it's kind of funny because if you watch Star Wars Rebels, and for those that did not, we know that Sabine Wren, a child teen Mandalorian, gave Bo-Katan this dark and Bo-Katan accepted it without fighting. So, we're going to see what really is the conflict, because I'm a huge nerd about that, and I'm really big about details, but I, but I also know when to not really care about something like that, because David Filoni is not someone who's going to leave such a huge plot hole like that. It's not going to happen. This man has had his... This man is a detailed monster. He is an encyclopedia for Star Wars knowledge. And he created those shows that have all that Mandalorian lore along with George Lucas. So, I think that they know where they're going with this. I think they understand where is Grogu going to go by the time a Ben Solo comes in. You know? And and it's so funny about all this too, but we'll talk about that later. But... The episode I felt like was so good. Uh, the fight scene, the 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 entire tactical ability, and, and uh, with uh, with Bobo Fett and Cara Dune and Bo-Katan all all gathering this plan that they're gonna go and basically Trojan horse the uh, Imperial Star Cruiser Moff Gideon Star Cruiser, which is funny because it's not a Star Destroyer, and that's the reason why. I think their plan works, because if it was a Star Destroyer, they could easily blow it out of the sky, but they really don't have the resources or the firepower that a Star Destroyer has. Star Destroyer has about ten to 15,000 people aboard on it. A Star Cruiser, I think, barely, barely would have like 500, you know? And this is Moff Gideon's peeps, and, and this is the remnant of the Empire, so I'm pretty sure they even have less than that. Uh, but they also have the uh, Dark Troopers, which was pretty awesome to see them. And uh, they are just monstrous. Uh, I, I don't even know. Like, they would give Superman a run for his money. Like, it was crazy the way these things were. I was watching them pound on Dindadar, And I thought his skull was going to break. I thought they were literally going to kill off our boy. And it was uh, terrifying. They were terrifying. They were absolutely terrifying. And I really had no idea how they were going to... To win this because Din was really smart the way he basically among us them into space. And I thought I thought it was so funny because I knew they were gonna be coming back. I knew that was going to be it. They was gonna set them up to all have all of our characters fight. And uh, and I was waiting for that to happen. And of course, what do we see? We have all of them all beat up on the bridge of this of the cruiser and A lone X-Wing flies in. You hear the beautiful noise. And Cara Dune's like, wait, one (laughs) X-Wing? We're saved. And it's so funny because in that instant, I... Deep down, I knew it was Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker was the only person that could have showed up. And uh, I've been brought on a couple of podcasts. I've I've been talking to a lot of friends. And they always asked me who it could be. I've seen so many answers like cal castus and you know maybe it's gonna be mace windu you know and of course i was hoping that it would be somebody else just because i would like to see uh someone different you know maybe kyle katar would have run in or then they have master crook or uh, of course uh quillen voss but that's just me just wanting to see a very unique story but listen it makes the most sense for luke skywalker to be there okay in fact Luke Skywalker is the only answer. Ahsoka literally says it herself in the episodes. There are very few Jedi left. And Luke Skywalker is the only one that can show up and make sure Grogu is going to be put to the right place. Because if anybody else shows up, you should be worried about Grogu because no one else Can handle training him in that time, at least in the current canon. Cal Kestis, the main character of the Jedi Fallen Order video game, is in a video game. That story is not complete. There would be no way for that character to show up because then you wouldn't care about playing the video game because you know he's alive after his story. Ezra Bridger is still lost in space, trying to find Thrawn, which is why Ahsoka is trying to find Thrawn. Kyle Katarn, at right now, we have no idea whether he's really canon or not, and if he was canon, he wouldn't show up in the way I think a lot of people would believe he would. Quillen Voss is still kind of thought about to be dead, you know, and there's a lot of just characters who haven't been written in that timeline yet because Star Wars lore and expanded universe just hasn't caught up to that timeline so it's right for Luke Skywalker to show up and save the day and Jesus it was so good it was so freaking good and it's to me it's not fan service because it makes sense it makes sense that he's the one and it's funny because this is where he's getting to his like superman power and and I'm not even joking about how strong luke skywalker is luke skywalker is one of the most powerful fictional characters in existence he's he's in, he's insanely powerful especially in legends where he's manipulating <laughs> you know dark holes you know, like, it's it's crazy how powerful this guy is, um, and you just see him mop up the floor with these dark troopers, and it's phenomenal, it's so beautiful, it's so well done, uh, I, I still think the Darth Vader scene in the hallway with, <laughs> in Rogue One, I think was a little, uh, choreographed a little bit better, but this was so good, this was, for TV, right, it was amazing. It was like it was so damn good. I was so happy. Um the CGI stuff everybody's complaining about, I don't care. You know, I I play video games. I see CGI stuff all the time, so it's just it doesn't bother me. Um, but I don't understand why they have to do it. You know, uh, I guess it's just one of those things where they feel like they have to, or they're trying to impress you, whatever it is, it just doesn't matter to me, you know, like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, de-age him, I don't care, do whatever you gotta do, you know, but, jeez, I, I can't believe we witnessed that, because after, after this, after the sequel trilogy, it's, it's really hard, in my opinion, for me to see these characters that we've loved for so long, come back, right, because the sequel trilogy did a really good job of not really putting them in the starlight right it was about the new characters and in and, and, and my opinion it should be because you're trying to get the new generation to connect to something so Star Wars can live for another hundred years that's what I think the goal is of the new movies um, or at the very least it should be so it's generational storytelling which I think is beautiful and you look at someone like Luke Skywalker coming back and in The Mandalorian. And yes, of course, he's around that time. And again, it hasn't really been written. We don't really know what's happening in the new timeline before The Force Awakens. It's very minuscule. There's only a couple things uh, from books and comics. And it's just so freaking awesome to see that they're thinking about that, you know? And, and, and I love it so much because a Star Wars fan wants so much star wars fan needs so much to happen and it's probably more important now than ever that that happens because you have stuff like the high republic coming out you know you have all these video games coming out you have new movies and you know they're going to make an episode 10 down the road maybe 2025 maybe 2030 which i think is a perfect time to make it 10 years down the road where everything's just pretty much done it's it's time to make a new time to make a new movie so you bring in this character to come back and he's literally there for that instant. And it was beautiful. I think it was perfect. Straight up, I think it was perfect. I think that was the most perfect ending that you could have because the characters made all the correct decisions. Din wasn't stupid with his way. He did what he had to do, increase his character development, <laughs> made the right decision for his son, Grogu. <laughs> You know? And Luke Skywalker is the guy. And Luke Skywalker takes him away. Like, it's 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 perfect. I feel like it's perfect storytelling. It, everything needs to happen. Kind of like uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where if you had never played Jedi Fallen Order, I'm gonna spoil the ending, where they get all of the Holocron, you know, they get the Holocron pieces, and they find out where the next generation of Force Sensitives are, Seekers, so they can seek them out. And train them, and what does Cal Kestis do? He destroys it, so the Empire can't get it. And I thought that was so smart, because so many games, you know, or there's there's decisions being made in movies, you know, like well, uh, I think I think a really good action is like, well, why did that happen? Well, if if they didn't do that, then there would be no movie, right? And 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 I feel like that's one of those things where like. You could easily make that decision and then have like four or five more games about hunting these kids down and you know it's like it's it's just great i i love it because that was one of the most dangerous things for those kids to be kind of pulled in you know unwillingly into this war and that's what the jedi did for so long as they went out sought out anyone who was force sensitive brought them into their jedi order you know it's like it's it's like a it's like a passable brainwashing Hey, you got force powers. We're taking your kid away, and we're just gonna train them Yeah, we're gonna give them a sword They're and then we're gonna cut off their emotions and it's gonna be great <laughs> They're gonna forget about you. It's awesome. You know like does, That's why you know when I watch the prequels it's 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 bad on both ends You know <laughs> obviously the, so the Sith are bad, but the Jedi are are Not correct in their teachings and and the way they do things And that's why I love that part because Cal understood and learned and that's why I love this part because Luke Skywalker gets it You know (laughs) Din Djarin gets it and and it's so it's so beautiful to see that in Star Wars because uh, (laughs) decision-making is so amazing to see when it's when it's done correctly and Uh, Another good example that is actually believe it or not the last Jedi where Luke comes back realizes his mistakes and And I think that's where the last Jedi is just really really good that last like 20-30 minutes Where you know Luke redeems himself again, you know uh, And and everything goes on I I love that scene actually a lot and I wish we had more of that Luke throughout the whole movie But hey, you know I still was pretty happy with that that part and yeah, you know that uh, Such such a beautiful thing Beautiful thing. I can't wait to see where this Boba Fett thing goes. Uh, it's probably going to be about him taking vengeance against all the Hut stuff because they literally left him for dead. Um, Fennec Shan is a beast. I cannot wait to get her Black Series action figure. Jesus Christ almighty, I need it. <laughs> Dang, uh, it's, it's It's beautiful, and I seriously... Uh, cannot hecking wait for w- when they're going to release it. Hopefully, they'll release information soon, because I think they're going to wait till probably next year to announce, very early next year, about, hey, uh, the, the book of Boba Fett is actually going to be an entirely different series. Because I think they only announced, what? Nine shows? Let's see, one, two. So, Droid, Acolyte, Rogue visions, Lando, so that's five, okay, so that's five, so then this would be, that's 10, so this would be the 11th show, so that's pretty crazy, Um, I think it's awesome, I I think it's sick, and I really just can't wait, I really do not have an issue with more Star Wars, (laughs) all right, so let's get in to all of these shows, so we have uh, The Mandalorian, obviously, we have Republic, uh, Rangers of the Republic, we have Ahsoka, Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Bad Batch, uh, Star Wars Visions, which I'm actually pretty excited about, Lando's series, which is very, very interesting, The Acolyte, uh, (laughs) Star Wars, A Droid Story, and Rogue Squadron, so let's talk about Rogue Squadron first, um, and by the way, I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily not excited for any of these, I'm, I'm actually really excited for all of these things, especially especially a droid story, because I love it, Lando's story, whatever whatever the heck it is, it's more Star Wars, it's more stuff that I can get into. Uh, Rogue Squadron, for those of you that do not know, that was a video game franchise that is one of the most liked, it's actually the direct inspiration for the new video game Star Wars Squadrons, which is amazing, and you should go out and buy it and play with me, your boy, so please go do it with Lord Dagavir. thank you so much and we're getting a movie but this is the thing now is i feel like disney plus star wars shows are so freaking good because with a movie i'm only getting like two hours on average you know and then let's say i go to the movies i pay like 30 bucks for two hours where a tv show i can pay eight dollars a month and I can get four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours of in you of in universe story. And if it does really good, I get more seasons. You understand? An entire trilogy of Star Wars. Let's see: two, four, six, all the half hours. So maybe I get about nine hours, right? And that's in the span of ten years. You understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking numbers. I'm talking time. I'm talking story, fleshed out story in the universe. I can get that. I can get more hours in an entire season than I can in a decade of of a trilogy, right? And I'm not saying movies are bad. I just feel like the way movies have been told needs to be reinvented. I'm tired of the trilogies. I'm tired of how stories are made. Tell a story naturally. Let it go as long as it needs to. Enough of trying to fit an entire story into three movies. That is why Marvel was so successful. Imagine if other franchises decided to do that, but make it better. That's that's the key word, is evolving, you know? And, and, and that's something that I would like to see. But, with that being said, I'm very excited for Rogue Squadron because if they're going to make a rogue squadron movie right what else do they think will do really really good this is like top gun this is like independence day you know this is like episode four five and six but straight up you know red squadron but it's rogue squadron which is an entire video game man of and and they're going to be using that for inspiration too uh, so you, maybe you get a thing about Thrawn, who knows, maybe you won't, uh, maybe, you know, you're gonna get Kip Durin and Wedge Antilles, you know, uh, there's a lot of characters that I think can go in there and, and, and be some type of, uh, inspiration, Nora Wexley, oh my gosh, I would love to see Nora Wexley in there, that'd be so sick, that'd be so heckin' cool, Nora Wexley is one of the characters from the Aftermath books, uh, ends up uh, marrying, uh, I don't really know if it's marriage, but they end up, ends up falling in love with Wedge Antilles, uh, who's, you know, one of the best star pilot, star fighter pilots, uh, pilots in all of the Star Wars lore for the time from the Empire to uh, the First Order. Um, and she's arguably better than Wedge Antilles, apparently. That's what Wedge Antilles said himself. He may have just been flirting with her, but I think he actually meant it. He didn't really strike me as a liar, uh, which is crazy. But, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of people that could be in that. And I, I would just love to see it because what, well, that's one of the things I love about Star Wars Squadrons is Star Wars Squadrons is just so good with ambiance, And there's a and there's a couple books that you can read right now that's in-universe, actually. And that is, of course, the... <coughs> Sorry, guys. The uh, Shadowfall and uh, it's all the uh, Star Wars uh squadron books that they have going to alphabet squadron which is uh fantastic it's it's like a it's like a it's like a I don't want to say a ragtag goon squad gang but it kind of is and there's this entire like you get the real uh fix of how strong the empire was even after uh the second death star blew up in the imperial remnants because you have uh uh shadow squadron uh, which is basically like basically like the uh, Empire's uh, version of uh, the dream team of starfighter pilots, and it's it's so menacing, and then they're so badass, and maybe we're going to see some of that in Rogue Squadron, maybe we're going to see uh, TIE Defenders, and all these awesome, crazy things you wouldn't see on the natural big screen of the original, the main sequel movies, and I, I would just love to see it. Uh, I can't wait, I, it's more Star Wars, it's, and it's more of the Star Wars stuff that really inspired a lot of the, of the main original trilogy, and I think it's just going to be god heckin' dang good. Uh, I have no idea what a droid story is going to be about, I'm assuming it's going to be R2-D2 and C-3PO and, and their versions of things. Um, I think they're one of the, some of the most important characters in all of Star Wars, and telling their stories from their angles uh, I feel like is something that you shouldn't miss, and I know a lot of people are not going to like that, uh, just because it's not gonna, I mean, I don't know anything really about it aside the title, of course, um, But I think if it's not gonna have that lot of action, uh, it's gonna be really good for me because I'm some one of those lore nerds that just wants to know anything. And uh, let me give you an example. Uh, In the Last Jedi novelization, there was this beautiful part with C-3PO, and uh, in in the movie where uh, in the movie where Last Jedi, where Poe Dameron is talking, and he tells C-3PO to shut up, like. I thought it was so rude. <laughs> it was, like it was really mean. That he was like a straight up asshole to <laughs> to C-3PO, and that and they take that part in the novel and they just go really deep, descriptive about it. And it was so fascinating because C-3PO goes on in this monologue like he always does. Uh, but it was so great, and he was getting really upset, like in his head, about all of them talking about the uh, the furry critters, right? That Poe calls them the uh, the Vol- the Vulpricks. I think that they called. Called them the uh, Crystal Foxes, right? And he was getting really mad because it wasn't—they they weren't called like a like a pack or anything. They were called like a a, a It was it was really weird. And then he started talking about like Raincores and how they're a crash instead of a pack, you know. And I don't know why that I was just, I got so amazed of all that stuff, and I was just like, wow, dude, if I had an entire series of C3PO and R2D2 talking about this stuff. I'm so down, and, and 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 I guess I'm getting that uh, because I just I just like that. I like that inutile stuff. I like learning about just the most obscure Star Wars things, uh, even like natural habitats and planets. You know, like if I could have like a documentary of porgs on Octu, <laughs> you know, I, I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch it. I'm that I'm that dweeb. So I'm I'm totally down. Um, All right, let's talk about Rangers of the New Republic, right? Rangers of the New Republic is, it seems like it's gonna be set around the same time of the Mandalorian, which I think is good. Same thing with Ahsoka, apparently. And I'm guessing that's probably going to have Cara Dune, uh, and a couple other characters, you know, I would love to see Iden Versio, you know from the Battlefront 2 story mode Get her in that, you know, what the heckers is going on? Let's go Empress nest will be so sick That's a character. I would love to see from the solo uh, Star Wars solo story. I mean come on. There's so many characters uh, that I don't think are being utilized, you know, um, maybe Mandalorian, no, I, mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't think Dinja will be in there, but I do think that they're going to try to do the Marvel Universe type of way, where maybe characters that are around the same timeline can kind of do it, I think Lando could show up in that, I think Lando Calrissian probably could show up in that, why not? Have Gambino just play him. Why not? You know? It's around that time. He's still prime time age. I'd do it. I would be down. I'd be so heckin' down for all that stuff. That'd be so cool. Uh, there's a bunch of characters too from the expanded universe that I would like to see in that, like uh, like the Crimson Corsair, you see him in The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. A very obscure character, I don't think anyone will really know who that is unless you're a super diehard like me. Um, type him in, I'm pretty sure as soon as you see him, you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy, I saw him. He's one of the characters that Finn decides to go to in The Force Awakens uh, to trade work labor for, uh, tr- for travel. Um, which is, uh, pretty cool, because he actually has a bunch of history, he actually fought in the Clone Wars, fought the Separatists, really did not like the Separatists, uh, and then he was doing his thing in the Force Awakens in that timeline, and he helps out, um, everybody in the Rise of Skywalker to defeat all of the the Sith Fleet in the Final Order, which is pretty cool, um, so he's around that age, around that timeline too, where he can be doing stuff for the New Republic, and I would, I just like to see the New Republic stuff because after the the after the empire is defeated you have the imperial remnant and the Mandalorian is has does a really great job of showing who like what happens to these uh you know these uh these these admirals and these grand admirals and anyone else who is a part of that and these moffs that kind of hold on to whatever power they have and become warlords and i think the new republic is the perfect place to see, to show you, like, how terrible the New Republic is at keeping peace, keeping order, you know, and, and, uh, I think that's, that's probably going to be one of the most important shows, actually, of this entire cast, because it's probably going to bridge the Return of the Jedi to The Force Awakens, and show you the, the rise of the First Order, because when you watch The Force Awakens, the First Order is this behemoth of an enemy, and nobody really knows how they rose to power when the Empire was destroyed. But of course, everybody that read the books, everyone that read that stuff, kind of understands already. Um, And what happens is Mon Mothma, the the main bulk leader of the Rebellion, she basically says, look, we're going to do things differently. Uh, We're not going to basically invade. We're not going to blow people up. We're going to demilitarize to 1%. You're going from 100% military force to 1% military force. That uh, <laughs> That isn't so smart, <laughs> you know? And I think that's what Rangers of the New Republic is mostly going to show. That flaw, them going from uh, rebellion superpower to... Peacekeepers, I guess, not even a police, and then the and then the first order coming out and kicking their asses. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would expect it to be, or at least put you on that point. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's cool. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that, and it's gonna be awesome. Okay, let's let's talk about Lando. Lando's gonna be cool. Um, I have no idea when it's gonna start. I don't even know the director. Um I remember hearing about a Lando series I think it was a year ago and all the stuff happened with Solo and Make a Solo 2 and you know Darth Maul and all the drama with uh, with Ray Park and everything. so I don't I don't really know. I've no idea what's going to happen with Lando. Um I would love to see I would love to see him. Bring, I've, br- why not bring him bring him bring all those characters back from Solo. Why not? Bring back Chewbacca Bring back Han, the character that played Han, bring, bring him back, let him do their thing. And it's, it's just so weird to me, like, where the timeline is gonna be. Like, is this going to be before a so, uh, solo Star Wars story? Is this going to be after? I really hope it's after. <clears throat> I really want it to be after because I don't like prequels before A New Hope, right? I only like prequels before A New Hope, if it's something like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that has to tell you a very important storyline. Everything else, and, and, cause that's, you have to understand, that is such a huge gap, but that gap has been talked about. And, 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 it's just been explored so often, very common, you know? stuff after the empire strikes back is very scarce there isn't a lot of that stuff way into the future is very scarce you know stuff into the past even with the old republic or the high republic now is is non-existent at this point you know uh i i that's what i want them to do is to expand out further beyond these movie timelines um and i and i really feel like lando might be in an area where it it could potentially be the weakest on this lineup just because of placing. Now, if you give me if you give me it during the time, let's say let's say after Empire Strikes Back. Whoo, that'd be so sick. Because that's when Lando becomes, you know, a, a commander of the rebellion. That'd be freaking awesome. I would love to see that. Or even give me like during a new hope. How does he get uh, Cloud City established? You know, I want to see Scoundrel turn into, you know, leader of Cloud City, you know? Uh, I think that would be so cool to see his rise to power, per se. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, Star Wars Visions, I think, is going to be beautiful because I'm a huge weeb. Even though I haven't watched anime in, like, so long, I'm literally watching Attack on Titan right now because it's just got back in. Uh, But Star Wars Visions is supposed to take... uh, important galactic uh history events and turn them into anime versions of that so i wonder if that's going to be like all right we're gonna do empire strikes back uh darth vader versus luke skywalker in awesome anime yo i'm totally down you know revenge of the sith anakin versus obi-wan you know, Starfighter pilots, maybe we'll get some, like, High Republic stuff, maybe we'll get some new movie stuff, you know? Um, anything, like, Star Wars anime anything is needed, because there, there really isn't, like, Star Wars anime. A lot of the anime stuff is, like, literally made from fans. Uh, they have this one thing, it's not anime, but it's on the Star Wars Kids YouTube, yes, I watch it, and... It's beautiful. It's called Galaxies of Adventures and a lot of times I use it for my edits because I love the animation It's so beautiful. I wish I got a cartoon in it or something, you know, and I just feel like Star Wars is really missing out on the other side of the planet that is into those things And why not give them something that they can Enjoy you know that's familiar at the very least and I think anime is a good step in that direction I, I don't know why there hasn't been a version of anime of Star Wars in a, in, in in a minute, you know, uh, you know, because I've only been alive for so long that maybe there could be something, maybe I missed something, but the closest thing we had was the original Clone Wars that was made by the Powerpuff Girls Samurai, uh, uh, Samurai Jack creator, our artists and, and, and team, and that was beautiful, that was awesome, and then, of course, we have a, Uh, ...a couple of the other stuff going on with the animation stuff... ...with Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars and things like that... ...but no true anime. Uh, So I love to see that. Uh, uh, Andor... I've been waiting for so long. The Star Wars Andor series, which is going to be... ...taking as a prequel to Rogue One. uh, And I know that's... I literally just said I don't want anything from that. But I love Rogue One so much. I love Cassian Andor. I love Diego Luna's character... Um, and I want to see more. I hated how he was killed. I hated how they were all kind of killed off, but it needed to happen in Rogue One. Um, but Rogue One was so dang good. And I, at the least, I, I at least would love to see more of this character because of Cassian. You know, because of a character like Enfys Nest, who could also be in this... Uh, and then, you know, maybe there will be other characters during this time that we would love to see. Maybe he runs into a Jedi, maybe not. You know, um, I just can't wait. Uh, I've been waiting for this for so long. It's had so many issues with different directors and writers. And then it's been stopped and, and put on hold and things like that. So, I'm, uh, and then we finally got like a behind the scenes look. And they've been doing shooting. So, I, you know, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I was always like... Really excited for this. Even when Mandal- even when I heard Mandalorian was coming out, I got really excited for Mandalorian. I was like, yo, Mandalorian's going to be so damn good. You have no idea. I feel that way about the Andor series. And I felt that way about the Andor series for so long. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, Bad Batch looks so beautiful. I wasn't really excited for it because I felt like Bad Batch was just uh, not really something I was interested in because, I don't know. They took a couple characters from this, (laughs) from this, from Season 7 Clone Wars, and I thought, well, I don't know. But then I thought about it for a long time, and I was like, well, uh, Darth Maul was a character that showed up for like 20 minutes in Episode 1, Phantom Menace, and then I love him. So maybe this could be the same. You know, maybe the Bad Batch is going to be like new Darth Maul, where people are really interested in that storyline and those characters Uh, they have a lot of really cool characters, uh, very interesting to see what happens to them after Order 66, are they going to abide by it, are they gonna be evil, and that's gonna be crazy too, because if they are a part of the new Empire, you're gonna see them kill Jedi, you're gonna see them destroy Rebellion cells, you know, like, that's gonna be so sick if they do that, and even if they're not, even if they are people who, like, go down with a fight and they all get killed by Darth Vader or something, you know, uh, that would also be cool to see, and, I, and, I, and I'm excited for uh, the Bad Batch. Now, I saved kind of like the last three. I've talked about Droid, I've talked about Mandalorian, I've talked about Room Rangers, I've talked about the Andor series, I've talked about Lando, Visions, uh, Rogue Squadron, Bad Batch. Now it's time to talk about my favorite three, my most excited three that I'm so excited for. <sighs> the Ahsoka series, the Acolyte. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Ahsoka is also supposed to be taking around the same timeline as the Mandalorian, right? And if you look at this logo, this logo has some very similar characteristics. These characteristics are very reminiscent of the World Between Worlds. If you do not know what that is, stop listening to this podcast. Go and watch the final four or five episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Because you need to understand what that is. After you're done with that, hit me up in DMs, on Twitter, and we'll talk about what the world is. Why why the world between worlds is so important. Maybe I'll even make an entire episode, depending on if you guys like this or not. If you guys like, listen to me talk about all this crap. I will absolutely make an entire episode on the importance of the world between worlds and, and why this might be forever changing in Star Wars. If you watch The Rise of Skywalker, at the very least, you pick up on things. Uh, Ray is reading... <laughs> a lot of the she's she has the just sacred jedi text and i think there's three of them right now that have names one of these books also talks about the world between worlds and the planet mortis mortis is probably one of the most important and craziest planets in all of star wars that is where the ones were uh the father the son and the daughter Uh, These are beings that were basically of the force, they were like force beings, if you will. Uh, Demigods, kind of like, maybe even gods. Uh, One to represent neutrality, one to represent the light side of the force, one to represent the dark side of the force. Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan Kenobi all went to this planet, unknowingly, kind of like awakened and brought them there. And then when they left, after everything that happened, and there was a lot. That happened on that planet uh, they had no more memory of it completely gone uh, didn't know where they were a planet disappeared all those things very enigmatic very mysterious uh, but in this journal in the sacred text there is a chart and the chart is of mortis and I guess the world between worlds and it mentions how Mortis is on an axis and it has uh, Kind of like phases like the moon so It's crazy because the world between worlds was literally a place where Ezra Bridger walked in to a temple unlock and basically entered in his way unlocked the temple with like being force sensitive and 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 everything, and walked in there, and he saw points of space and time, he saw and heard so many things, so many portals, so many gateways going into all time points, he heard Anakin Skywalker, he heard Darth Vader, he heard Kylo Ren, Ezra Bridger, Ezra Bridger is a character who at that point in time was alive during the original trilogy. So how did he hear Kylo Ren? Do you understand that? That's in the future. That's like 15 years into the future. Um, it's crazy. To think something like that exists in in Star Wars. Because you're getting into like a multiverse thing. Time. Like Doctor Who and, and Spider-Verse. It's very weird to see that in star wars and he looks into a portal and the portal is of darth vader fighting ahsoka and ahsoka is about to die and right before darth vader kills ahsoka he pulls ahsoka into the world between worlds and debatably saves her And that, all, all that, all that weird portal stuff, is basically the logo for the Ahsoka story, for the Ahsoka show. So, what's beautiful about Ahsoka is because she's been there. She also has a companion, uh, which is uh, what what you, what you saw in her episode. It was very, it was a frame, um, and it it was a. It looked like an owl, but the name is Morai and Morai is supposed to be a representation of The daughter that I mentioned earlier That represents the light side of the force so Is this going to be an anchor point of Ahsoka's story because Ahsoka is becoming one of the most important Star Wars characters And to see her become who she is outside of the main story is so compelling because she can do so many things. At the time of Empire Strikes Back, uh, after Empire Strikes Back, Luke is upset in the comics. He's betrayed by Yoda. He's betrayed by Obi-Wan Kenobi because they did not tell... Luke Skywalker, who his father was. who That Darth Vader was his father. They all knew the truth and they did not tell him. So, Luke Skywalker is upset. And who could he turn to? He could turn to Ahsoka. Ahsoka could turn to him and, and, and teach him these things that, you know, uh, uh, basically Yoda and everybody else didn't want to or couldn't, you know? Because he, I'm assuming before the return of the Jedi, he, he lost his trust with Yoda which is probably why he didn't go to Dagobah until return of the jedi which is probably about a year or so after empire strikes back um and of course just you know ahsoka is also alive during the rise of skywalker time so there's just so much that could happen in that entire time you know what like what are we going to see you know like is she going to like i don't know see the future of like grogu about to be killed by kylo ren or something and throw grogu into another past i don't know it's just it's just ideas and i i actually don't want it to be that complex because i don't want time traveling to be a part of the star wars universe um i think mortis is very important And I think Mortis would be a beautiful place for her to be because time is relatively different on Mortis. And so what if Ahsoka can become a guardian where she finds access to Mortis and lives on Mortis and is able to visit and come back and go whenever she wants to and and i think that's different than the world between worlds because the world between worlds is too powerful she can go anytime she wants basically but if she's on mortis and she's sitting there and then she leaves that character can live forever ultimately she could live forever she she can she can be a goddess and i and i i kind of would like to see that you know that would explain a lot of things why she's not in the Rise of Skywalker, where she absolutely should have been. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that would be so cool. I would totally be down with that. Ahsoka coming out once in a while. Just to see what's going on with the universe. M- maybe make it right. I don't know. Is she strong enough to do that? Nah, I mean, yeah, she could be, I guess. Uh, but it would be pretty damn sick to see that. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. We have Hayden freaking Christensen coming back to play Darth Vader. Um, it's gonna be four episodes, I think. Uh, hopefully they're an hour each. But how are they gonna do that? How are they gonna have Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi fight? It makes... Like, it makes no sense to me. Unless... Yo, okay, I just got this idea, right? (laughs) Sorry. Um... What if they did this? It is a four-part episode. Or sorry, it's, it's four episodes, right? And they have... They redo... They redo the scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi fights Darth Vader in A New Hope. I, I wouldn't mind. That fight scene obviously isn't the greatest. Arguably like the worst in all of Star Wars. A monumental though, because of what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi. But, the reason why I say that is because... When you watch that that fight, what does Darth Vader say? You know? You know? You know, we meet again. I haven't felt a presence since... (laughs) When you left me, you know, you were the master. You know? And that always gave us the impression that that was the first time they saw each other since Revenge of the Sith. That's always how the story has been. And so, if they fight anywhere between that... I'm not sure if I like it, you know? I mean, I'll always end up liking it and accepting it because that's just... Type of fan I am, you know, I'm not really gonna sit here and hate on stuff. There's so many other people on the internet that can do that, but it would just it's, it's it would just be like crazy to me to think like, wow, you guys made these two meet up, and, and and Darth Vader is so strong at that point, you know, that I just feel like if he even got that close to Obi Wan Kenobi, he would easily know where Obi-Wan would be hiding on Tatooine, what he would be doing on Tatooine, you know? Like that's the whole thing about Return of the Jedi, you know? It's like, you know, your thoughts betray you. You know? Now you have a twin sister. That's the whole that's the whole thing. I would I would feel like Anakin would be able to sense that, "Oh my god. I have a son. my son," you know? Like it it would just it, it just wouldn't really Uh, for me, like, under, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't understand it, it would just feel so weird, especially with all the comics and everything, the Vader comics have been going on so long, you know, and Obi-Wan Kenobi's, like, literally, he's, he's not in there at all, aside being mentioned from Darth Vader, you know, there's none of that, it's just, uh, Darth Vader hunting (laughs) You know hunting Jedi and doing stuff and then it's the story takes place during uh, um, After Empire Strikes Back, you know or after the first Death Star blew up Um, So who knows maybe they could put it in there. I don't know I I mean we'll we'll have to see and uh, (laughs) uh, The most the episode that I'm excited about the most is or the the series that i'm excited about the most is the acolyte what the acolyte no way yes the acolyte the acolyte is taking place during the end of the high republic this is about so if it's the end of the high republic it's probably about 50 to 100 years before the phantom menace now the high republic comics and books are about 200 years before the phantom menace okay um give I understand that Yoda is alive during this time he is he is still a master he was a master at at age 100 uh so you're probably going to see a lot of Yoda uh, he's not going to be young obviously he's still going to be like you know in his 70s per se <laughs> he's still pretty old uh but still younger nonetheless um i would just i i just feel like they should have just uh done this uh, before. I feel like this should have come came out before all the other shows because The High Republic is coming out in, in a couple weeks. The comics have already been seen by people. Some people already have books. Uh, the High Republic is going to be the most important thing outside of the movies. Outside of of the tv series this is your brand new story arc and and this is why i'm most excited about it apprentices and acolytes because the acolyte is the beginning of the new this is a show if successful will be duplicated it will be made into so many other things maybe a movie Maybe a trilogy, maybe a video game, MMO. You know, and I and I and I and I hope it does well because it's supposed to be at the end of the High Republic, and trying to discover secrets of the dark side. Uh, and it's called the Acolyte. The Acolyte, uh, and that's why I call you know my following apprentices and acolytes, right, because. In Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, you start out as an acolyte. An acolyte is below, an apprentice. You're not even an apprentice yet. You're, at least in in lore, you are a slave. You know, you were born or taken away or brought to Korriban, right? Which is the home place of the Sith. And you were trying to become an apprentice of a Sith Lord. Uh, but before you become an apprentice, you are an acolyte. You are testing the waters. You are basically being tooled and made into surviving, and and hopefully one day becoming an apprentice. And that's what that's what an acolyte is. It's it's a basically like a Sith slave almost, you know, like you're a nobody, and you're trying to become somebody. Uh, and that's why I love that title because I feel like it's it's getting there, because you have. What's beautiful about this timeline you know 100 years 200 years 300 years 400 years 500 years before the phantom menace uh there's nothing even in the old legend star wars canon where there was 30 40 plus years of books and comics and video games yo listen up there was nothing there was mentions in one book there was mentions a sentence or two of Sith Lords that came before Darth Plagueis. Before Darth Plagueis, there was Tenebrous. Before Tenebrous and, and his master, there was Darth Millennial. You know, and that's... So right there from Darth Millennial to to his apprentice to, uh, to Tenebrous, that's about 200, 300 years. That's all High Republic right there. Because once you get into Tenebrous, you get into Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis, you get to Darth Sidious. You know? So that's, that's so many years of stuff where th- there's just so much storyline to tell. The Sith are, remember now, what does ki say? You know, we haven't seen a Sith in millennia. You know, a Sith Lord? That's a thousand years. So that a thousand years, the Sith are basically extinct, they're non-existent. They're in the shadows, just trying to survive and, 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 and doing the rule of two from Darth Bane you know uh and it would be i I can't wait because i i would just love to see how this is the downfall of the downfall of the jedi starts right here in the acolyte right there in the acolyte so let's see it show me what you got and i hope and, and i hope that you are the best series out of all these because i want to see more of this timeline where nobody has set foot in. I Hope you all enjoyed this episode, uh, Season 2. We're back, baby. Doing all the good stuff. Uh, let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you want me to extend on. And uh, we'll get to it. I appreciate you all. May the Force forever serve you. See you next week to unlock the knowledge. Deuces.